One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. <laughs> <laughs> the saddest ever counting ever done on a podcast intro. So sad. Hello, how are you? <laughs> This is so sad, Alexa, play Despacito. This is so sad. Gurney Halleck, play Despacito on the bell set. <laughs> this is so sad, Gurney Halleck. Play Galician Girls. Walk without rhythm, it won't attract the worm. Um, I'm Ray. Hi, I'm Ray. Vice Chancellor of the University. I'm here to talk about things and stuff. Who are you? Uh, I'm Josie. I'm cool. Chancellor of the University. We're here it. to uh, talk about death and get sad and stuff. Yeah, sounds good. So, what's June? What is June? What is it? We just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Who's to say? June, I don't know her. Who is she? Who is she? It's been like three weeks, probably, by the time I edit this. Um, and that's okay. It's been three weeks three since weeks you edited the podcast. Three weeks since we read Dune. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was talking to... Um, oh, I completely forgot who it was. I was... I was talking to the the hosts of the very actually good podcast, Let's Get Weirding, um, and I was like, "Oh, you you guys are so professional. Thanks. Um, your podcast is very good." And then they had an episode where after they talked about actors for like fifteen minutes, they were like, "Ah, we got called professional. We're super not." And then with our last episode, we were like, "You are like a little baby. <laughs> Watch this," and it just descended into absolute bullshit nonsense. Despite the best efforts of my two good co-hosts, I'm sorry I did this to your content. Mm. Mm. I actually think our last episode, I was listening to it today in preparation for this. It was good. Okay, cool. It was so good that we needed to take a three-week break. Yes. We were exhausted from being so good. (laughs) Being so smart and funny and talented. Yep. Oh, we should do pronouns. Pronouns? Pronouns. Oh, yeah. My pronouns are they, them. I'm non-binary. What are your pronouns? Well, I don't I don't like to say, but... <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a perfectly good answer. Just imagine okay. the cadence of like a 1950s middle class housewife. I don't asked about like to anything. say. I don't, I don't <laughs> like to say. So there you go. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. The first chapter is moi, moi. perfection. The second chapter is also more perfection. Perfection, we love it. How I don't, I don't know if that's going to come out on um, audio. I'm also doing the hand gesture more, like spicy meatball hand. (laughs) That's a spicy meatball. It's a spicy meatball. These chapters are a spicy meatball. You're right. They are. They are two distinct spicy meatballs, both alike in dignity. So should we should we read the chapter quote first before we summarise? I think that's how we do it. As per tradition, yes, let's. And both of them, are, they, they go hard as hell, by the way. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> and can I read it? Because I think it's fucking amazing. Yes, you should. It's really good. 
And and also, I realized that I wrote in capitals next to it. Ah, uh, do they? Um, let me just compose myself. There should be a science of discontent. People need hard times and oppression to develop psychic muscles. Oh, I've got so many psychic muscles. Oh yeah, from all the <laughs> all these microaggressions gave me psychic muscles. <laughs> from collected sayings of Muad'Dib's. So Paul is reputed to have said this at some point. So Paul be like, I'm so oppressed. <laughs> By the Princess Irulan. Thank you, Princess. I've been microaggressed so much that I can now read minds. <laughs> <laughs> I can see through space. I can fold time now. <laughs> <laughs> I can fold time because people keep asking me if I prefer to be called black or coloured. <laughs> yowza yowza babowza what do you think of this quote um uh i disagree with it i think it's an intensely <laughs> i think it's an intensely like frank herbert thing to say unfortunately yeah it's very it kind of smacks of like ah oh, disabled people are superheroes type bullshit take mm-hmm. that people do that's like hey no dog (laughs) no dog they're just people and i know i i know that i know that it relates to like you know the oppression and the hard times of the sodokar led them to be like the weapon and the force that they are and why they're so effective and why they're so elite but and like that's a theme of dune that it's a tool to make people improve but like no dog (laughs) no but I mean, the, I think for me, what it points to is the idea that Paul specifically, n- now released from his life of cushioned, uh, adolescent, princely, whatever, is now facing the opportunity to develop his specific psychic muscles and actually gets to do so in this chapter. And that is true. They did happen at the moment, the moment that something shitty, like actually really tragic happened to him. He was able to open up with the help of the the spice air of arrakis to his latent uh destiny psychic powers psychic muscles but also we're gonna get jokes <laughs> i like that paul sort of one bad thing happens to him and he's like oh i'm systematically oppressed now well i mean frank imposes that narrative on him he doesn't oh unless Unless he does decide that he's systematically impressed. impressed. Well, he did say this with his mouth. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, of course he did. Like I said, about two minutes earlier and then promptly forgot about. (laughs) But yeah, no, it's it's a fun old situation. Something terrible happens to you, but then you become a wizard. A genius. Yeah, a wizard, a time wizard. Yeah. Of the brain mind. Boy man of the brain mind. (laughs) Guy man. Teen boy. Boy, boy. Boy, boy, man. Um, <laughs> I mean, since you've done the, the quote, I guess I should say what happens in this chapter and try and remember Thank what you, that's what I was hoping you would do. So Jessica wakes up in the dark. She hears some weird noises. And she <laughs> oh, no, no, she hears this one out. specific weird noise. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Um, it says here in the book, <laughs> lump, 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 
So she has her hands and feet tied. What? And then she remembers the how sound? she got. I don't know. I don't know. It was a dull sound to direction us in the dark somewhere. What is it though? What's going on? Frank, what is it? Things that go lump in the night. <laughs> so, also, also, she gets like space chloroformed or whatever, mm-hmm. and then she sinks into a black bin of terror. Oh, great, cool. Me too. Um, <laughs> yeah, me too. Much. Put yourself um, in the bin of terror. Um, and then she sort of. She slowly wakes up to her surroundings, realizes where she is, realizes that she's on the floor, like, after a fucking while. And then um, the Baron comes in and with Pitta, and they're like, we know you're awake because we timed how long you would be asleep. And she's like, oh, fuck, it was Yue, because they would have known her metabolism to be able to do that. So everybody goes in, Pitta's there, he looks gay. Um... <laughs> gay in a straight kind of way. Yeah, I guess so. Um, he is pretty straight here because he wants to like sexy murder Jessica. Really but it's badly. sort of like straight, but in a gay sort of way, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Some they talk in front of Jessica for a while, and Jessica isn't allowed to speak because she has the voice, so she's gagged. Um, and she sort of realizes that uh, the um, Duke is either about to die or dead and she can't do anything about it and she shuts all of this up in her mind to survive the situation meanwhile while she's thinking about these things the Baron um, and Peter are sort of talking about whether Peter will have her or not Blair. and the Baron offers Peter a choice between a duchy of so he offers him the choice between just having Jessica the person or Becoming the Duke. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, it was, um, he had to choose between having the symbol of power or actual power. And, um, of course, Peter chose actual power because the Baron knew that the joy that he would have got from having Jessica is the sort of having Jessica as a symbol of power and taking something from the Duke. But the Duke's going to be dead. They, they come to that decision and then the Baron is like, okay, great. And, um, I'll let you do, wink, what you want with her, wink, which is kill her. But the Baron doesn't want to be vulnerable to a truthsayer who would then question him and make him reveal that he had planned this whole thing. So two troopers come in. Um, One has big scars and is deaf. And I found it really interesting. We'll maybe talk about this later, I don't know. I found it really interesting the way that, like, the other soldiers, like work around his deafness and like accommodate for it in like not like technology has solved everything and everything's fine way but in a way that like accepts that he's deaf and they like are just like okay i'm turning this way so you can read my lips or i'm doing this thing so you can understand what i'm doing and saying nice representation shame that it's a disposable villain character who is never comes up again exactly this i was like okay this is really interesting shame that this character probably will die but I thought it was interesting to see. Also, um, I mean, CW for sex violence, but uh, there is yeah, sex violence in this chapter, or implied. There is some sex violence. Oh my gosh, so much happens in this chapter. Mm, okay, so they're being carried off to the, the Thopter, or they'll be taken to the desert to die. But you has prepared the Thopter so that um, it is easy for them to sabotage. It has an explanation of his betrayal in it. And is going to take them to, I think, 
Duncan, Idaho. Um, Duncan, Idaho donuts. Take them to Duncan, Idaho, where they can get a nice box <laughs> nice of 12 coffee. and a coffee. And, yep, that's the joke. Ha-ha! <laughs> if we did it. Um, so she sees Paul next to her, and Paul is, like, pretty calm. The troopicals are worm meat. Mm-hmm. So they get into the Thopter um, with the guards, and then another set of guards follows them, and another set of guards follows them. Um, they're in the Thopter for a while, and they're trying to work out how to escape. And then, oh no, they're discussing doing some sexual violence on her, which is gross. Yikes. And Paul commands them to remove the gag. Um, they remove the gag, and then she sort of plays into the sexual violence that they're gonna do until they untie her yikes and then she can again yes. yeah yikes the yikes, yikes. Head around the world yikes and then they beat them up and i think paul kills one of them actually so i'll rescind my statement from last episode where i say that um that james is the first person that paul kills because james isn't actually the first person that paul kills um it's but james is the first person that paul beats in one-to-one combat and then kills uh-huh so i think paul kills one of the people who was flying this craft oh it's very graphic while they, yeah while they escape it's very graphic it's lots of fighting it's pretty good actually i was like really captured by this chapter mm. um yeah that happens and then they find u.s house sign scrawled on the ceiling of the cabin something a bundle underneath the seats and they look at the blood pooling from the, the murdered men and they think waste of moisture. And then the Harkonnens are coming and they have to run. That's pretty much, I missed some stuff, but that's pretty much what happens in the chapter. It's a very exciting chapter. Good summary. Well it's done. a very exciting chapter. It does have some gross parts in it, huh? I did kind of forget. And then I remembered and then I was like, Oi! Oi! So what did you like about this chapter? Um, I liked... Um, I like the evil, uh, evil conversation. I did. Number like one favorite thing. We could do some pitter patter if we wanted to. <laughs> it's time for pitter pitter patter. <laughs> I liked. Um. Uh. I mean, I like. I always like Jessica. I think she is the number one babe. I like seeing Paul's like nascent powers. And the fact that the the chapter kind of flip flops between their um, uh, perspectives, that's great. Mm, I like that. Yeah, I found. Yeah, I I noted down that perspective, which was really because I thought it was really interesting, and it's done very seamlessly. Mm. And I don't see it in much, like within one chapter. I don't think I've seen it in much many other pieces of fiction. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's really interesting. Um, I did find the, um, as you said, I did find the the kind of two minor villain characters quite interesting. Although, yeah. like, they're also a bunch of like racial dog whistles with the names. Mm. Like, yeah, for sure. I think they're supposed to be sort of like Eastern Europeans. Mm. And it's very telling that the, the racial dog whistle characters were the ones who were going to do the sexual violence. Yeah fucking frank but uh, the, this, <laughs> frank frank but the thing is that we were talking about this last episode and i'm glad i listened to it now is because frank he kind of makes the suggestions but he never says the actual words so mm, yeah everything has sort of like a racist miasma yeah. to it but you would but it's like you're doing it 
It's very Frank's difficult. pointing us and being like, you said it, not me. Exactly. Plausible deniability. I do think that the racial dynamics in Dune are so interesting. Um, but uh, I think somebody who's not Yeah, me... I don't know enough to talk about them, but they are very interesting. Yes, we need a guest on who can talk about them. We can go, yes, we are woke. I agree with you. But yeah, all in all, Marvo chapter. Can I just read the... Can I read the... Okay, C.W. Gore death. Um, of course. Can I read the um, uh, killing scene? Just to get it out of sure. the way. Because it is good. Yep. We love it. Oh, was it the where his toe was aimed with precision? Yes. That was a really yes. interesting bit. So, yes, I love that so bit. So for, for context, the, um, Paul and Jessica do like sort of a little voice tag team. They get the guy you can hear to remove all their bonds and stuff. Um, with a mixture of like emotional manipulation and voice. Then um, Paul's bindings get removed. And then he, he kicks him. The toe was aimed with a precision that did credit to his long years of training, as though all of that training focused on this instant. Almost every muscle of his body cooperated in the placement of it. The tip struck the soft part of Sigo's abdomen, just below the, sper the sternum. <laughs> the sternum slammed upward with a terrible force over the liver and through the diaphragm to crush the right ventricle of the man's heart. Ooh. Ooh. With one gurgling scream. Yeah, it's good. It's pretty good. I really like the fact that um, it's almost... It reminded me almost of, like, The Matrix. Yes. <laughs> in that time slows down and, you know, yeah. it, it, Paul is doing, like, the Keanu Reeves thing of just blocking all of the stuff without any effort. Just, like... Ah, yes, and the toe is going to go directly into his liver. And it just goes there. <laughs> I think that's the name of my and Ali's Matrix podcast. <laughs> no, I was just saying, so obviously, as we know, Paul is, like all chosen ones, martial arts super expert, of yeah, course. Of course. Oh, he's been trained from birth. It's fine. By, what's his name? Gurmy. Gurmy Halleck. Gurmy, Gurmy Halleck. Gurmy Haddock. <laughs> um, yeah but it this makes me think specifically about how like dune is gonna be a slideshow of like white people elegantly owning black people in combat or like non-white people in combat and we're supposed to like cheer for it and think it's really cool and great like dune the film dune the movie nice I am so unexcited about seeing Timmy LaChalamet. I am kind of excited I am about it. Unexcited. It reminded me of Good Omens, which I really enjoyed, but also was like a slideshow of like, oh, this white character owns this character played by a black person. Don't you think they're cool? We love it. And I didn't love it. So anyway. So anyway. Back to this what's going authoritatively non queer chapter, except the Text. bit in the middle. And even the queerness of that is submerged in a weird horniness for a... Well, can I read this little bit about Pitta? Yes. Oh, um, yes. So, uh, the Baron glanced behind him at the door. Come in, Pitta. She, she had never before seen the man who entered to stand beside the Baron. But the face was known. And the man. Pitta de Vries, although it's spelt right in this book, again, has so many spelling mistakes. <laughs> Why is your book assassin. riddled with errors? <laughs> No idea. It's so bad. Peter DeVries, the Mentat assassin. I just love. I, it's like Peter DeVries, the Mentat assassin. 
it's like um it's like a suicide squad introduction where like music plays and then it slows down on his face and it's like peter devries here comes peter devries the mentat assassin hooks Hawk features, blue ink eyes that suggested he was a native of Arrakis, but the subtleties of movement and stance told her that he was not, and his flesh was too well firmed with water. He was tall, though slender, and something about him suggested effeminacy. Dang, by the way. Like, All okay. of that to me is very hot. I'm sorry. It's it's unclear what about him suggests effeminacy. Uh, just the fact that he's evil. <laughs> Just something, and he, you know, you know, it's you know how gay people be evil, exactly. gender non-conforming people be evil. Yes, they do. This is an evil hey. podcast, by the way. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, I just, I really am into him as a concept. I like our new identity as an evil podcast. Evil and gay. <laughs> evil gay and, gay. and evil. <laughs> I would like a pin that says evil and gay on it. Yeah. Me That'd too. Cool. If we ever make merch, we have to make a pin that says evil and gay. It's not Dune specific, but it is an important, you know, like notion. Yeah. Maybe evil and fat as well. I'd fat, like one of evil those. and gay. Fat, evil and gay. That's <laughs> as if you'd buy a fat, evil and gay pin. Please. And also, I think it's very sexy that his voice... Okay, uh, as you say about him, the man said, the voice was tenor. It touched her spine with a wash of coldness. He had, She had never heard such a chill voice. Such Chilea. a chill voice, dude. To, to one with Bene Gesserit training, the voice screamed, Killer! Which is very sexy of him, in my opinion. Yes, the voice. <laughs> and then he smiles, and Jessica's like, Yikes! Yep. <laughs> Which is pretty good, but also pretty bad because there is also a threat of the sexual violence here which we don't like. This is sort of the sexual everything sort of is emanating out in this kind of um this this chapter is sexy but in a bad, in a bad and way. unsexy way. Yes. Yeah. Um should we read some dialogue just cuz I want to? Yes. Yes. Let's. You be Peter. Um do you want to be the baron? <laughs> oh. I'll be the baron. <laughs> Sorry. I think you do a better Peter. Thank you. That's not what my Peter voice is going to be like. Now that I realise he is a tenor, I'm gonna try and lower it a little bit. Not too much. Okay. I might I might I might revert back to um evil screeching. Well I think it's like I think Frank suggested earlier that his voice is like too high to be acceptable. Um just to or like know. to be normal. And then yeah. also to call it tenor is like, wait a second, what does that mean? I mean, I do like how sort of you get the very much Pythagorean table of opposites thing of mm. all these things are good, being a man, having a low voice, <laughs> yep. um, mm-hmm. straight lines, straight lines, etc. Uh, and then squares, we love yeah. them, they're good. And curves, being a woman, are evil. And Having a having a high voice, having emotions, Very having a evil. high voice, evil. Yeah, but he, he does the typical villain queering thing of making Peter occupy some of each, so you're not sure. Quite, yeah. you can't get the measure of this person. That's a very interesting point. Thank you. I read I read a really great Twitter thread the other day 
about um this is not to, no, nothing to do with anything i just wanted to shout it out because it's very good um about um the bible and gender and um the creation of adam and eve and gender nonconformity in uh genesis and it was very mm-hmm. good and i liked it a lot and the name of the person sounds who very wrote interesting it is... so the person who wrote it their name is uh fucking twitter ad go away uh jonah coman and their twitter handle is at mx coman okay <laughs> all right <laughs> where do you want to start from um uh i think i have a surprise i have a for surprise Peter. for you yeah, Peter. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay i have a surprise for you Peter. he talks like this now i don't know why fine go with it it's good he thinks he has come here to collect his reward you lady jessica but i wish to demonstrate a thing that he does not really want you you play with me baron Peter asked and he smiled seeing that smile jessica wondered that the baron did not leap to defend himself from this bitter then she corrected himself the baron could not read that smile he did not have the capital t training in many ways Peter is quite naive the baron said he doesn't admit to, to himself what a deadly creature you are lady jessica i'd show him but it'd be a foolish risk the baron smiled at Peter. His face had become a waiting mask. I know what Peter really wants. Peter wants power. You promised I could have her, Peter said. The tenor voice had lost some of its cold reserve. I'm not doing tenor voice. This is a counter-tenor voice. I like this one, though. Um, Jessica heard the clue tones in the man's voice. His soft-talk mouth speak said clue words with his face head. And that I'm so dreadfully sorry undertones and allowed herself an inward shudder how could the baron have made such an animal out of a mentat under which i wrote in pencil Ooh. Yow. i give you a choice pitter the baron said what choice the baron snapped fat fingers this woman and exile from the imperium i don't know why this is my voice now or the duchy of atreides on arrakis to rule as you see fit in my name Jessica watched the Baron's spider eyes study Peter. Wow, he has eight of those boys? Anyway. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, little known fact. Um, Baron Harkonnen has eight eyes. Damn. Damn. Dune facts. Dune facts. It's a fact. And if we do not cast an eight-eyed actor as Baron Harkonnen, I will be severely disappointed. And I will start a ca- I will start a hashtag. Peter doesn't have super much more dialogue. I in know this he exchange. doesn't. I've not I've not had the opportunity to break out the voice very much. I think it's um it's like a uh, I was just excited that he was around, you know. But thank you for indulging me with this. Yes, I can't believe that. I mean, spoilers, but this is like the last Peter scene, one of the second to last Peter scene we get. So that sucks. Um... <laughs> Josie just turned into a literal vampire. <laughs> no, I'm melting. Um, can I read a bit that I thought was really pretty? Yep. So when Jessica realizes she's on the floor, um, she sensed a diminishing in the dark. It began with shadows. Dimensions separated, became new thorns of awareness. White, a line under a door. 
I'm on the floor, which I thought was so pretty.、Mm. Just a really interesting way of describing how perception puts itself together when you have limited visual information. I thought that was very cool.、Mm. One, a couple of sentences of good writing here from Frank Herbert. As per usual. <laughs> As per usual, yeah. He really, really pulls it out of the bag for about ten to twenty words every chapter. Every chapter. Um, I、uh, I do like um actually to be fair the duke gets the best dialogue in this this chapter where's where not the duke what's the duke the the, the baron sorry the baron baron hakkinen、yes. joke I remember I am giving up the boy yes so everyone does everyone says a lot of ah 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 there's there's、mm-hmm. a you know because Frank does the thing of writing. A H dash H to yeah, to symbolize something. Yeah, which I don't really know what that is supposed to sound like. Um, Jessica in Jessica in internal monologues says it twice in one sentence. <laughs> He fears the questioning of a truth sayer. Jessica thought, "Who ah 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 ah." The Reverend Mother Gaius Helen, of course. If he knows, he must face her questions. Then the Emperor is in this for sure. Ah, <laughs> my poor Leto. So yes,、uh, Peter's twisted mentatness means that some of his、uh, abilities, such as killing, are heightened. But、uh, some of his abilities, such as perception of <laughs> things and people, are diminished. And so he doesn't know the Duke is the Baron is lying to him about having the Duchy of Arrakis. They've got an interesting relationship, which I'd like to know more about. Except I will never know more、yeah. about it. Apart from we'll never know, which is a shame. Yeah,、sense. I want the the Baron, the Peter Baron Chronicles. You know, like、yeah. they go, they have space like adventures, they met and they work together, and, and they have like catty, catty dialogue. Do, I'm sure, like yeah, mean, mean um exchanges constantly, like sassy villain criminals, except from they're like genuinely like callous and like. Monstrous people. I think it would be good. I hate to make jokes about the sexual violence, but、um, when Jessica like writhes sinuously <laughs> and like <laughs>、um, when Paul is like clamming his lips tight closed, I've written lots of times. Mom, no, <laughs> no. Ay ay ay! Very very horrible.、Um, mm. Actually, very bad. If you think about it for even a second. I also forgot to say that after. After Paul kills the man, the the one of the guards that was flying the doctor, he does like a roly poly and lands on his feet, which I think is cute. It's like so extra. It's like, by the way, I'm a special fighting magic boy. What if I don't die? It's like Paul, unable to use his hands, continued his tumble onto the sand, landing with a roll that took up the force and brought him back to his feet in one motion,、mm. which is a rolling roll. <laughs> Extremely good. Um, I do, I do like. I mean, it's not as mortifying as as it as it was in previous chapters. Um,、mm. uh, Frank Herbert's sketching of non-noble people, although it is still、mm. fairly mortifying. Yeah,、um, and it's a bit. It's a bit. Yikes! E it is yikes that like Peter was going to do a sexual violence, but it is also represented very differently among like when Frank is representing working class people versus like the ruling class. Yeah, I don't really know how to expand on this, but it's it's represented in a different way that feels classist and gross.
it's very like all of their chat the the sexual chat and the non-sexual chat is like mm. um very uh earthy and like straightforward it doesn't present them with much a huge amount of intelligence you know yeah whereas peter is gonna going do, to do the same probably thing. gonna do ish but speaks in euphemism and speaks in like it, his motives are presented as more complex and more like not respectable because it's still like a fucking disgusting thing but you know what i mean right yeah i do yeah uh, and additionally and additionally another thing um is that the the sego so is it is it's czigo is it chigo yeah. Oh yeah, I guess Chigo probably is more correct. I've, I've been saying Chigo in my head, but Chigo probably is more like if we're going from how language sounds today. Wasn't that a character in Kim Possible as well? Uh, and so Chigo and Kinet or Kinet, Kinet, Kinet. Anyway, um, and they call one of them Scarface. Mm-hmm. Because he has scars on his face. Uh-huh. Obviously. Mm-hmm. As you would expect. What else do we have to say about this chapter before we close it up? Hey, buds. Um, So, this is future me. Well, past me from the perspective of you listening to this, but future me from the perspective of me recording this. Time. It's weird. Anyway, um, we realised we didn't actually give due diligence to the, the sex violence part of this chapter, which is actually like, it's got some really serious shit in it that kind of needs talking about and is written in a way that makes it very easy to gloss over. So we had like a half hour conversation about that and also about like seeing actors on the tube and like singing thank you next to each other. But um, the audio was like, actually impossible to listen to. I'm going to put a little bit here so you can hear how bad it was. Nobody wants to listen to that. So, um, I, I overdubbed some of the stuff that I said during that conversation, so you can hear a little snippet of it, um, and then the rest of it was utterly unsalvageable. Thanks for your time, folks. Okay, blue snowball. Um, do you want to clap or do whatever? Count? Yay. So we're here to talk about the sex violence that happened in the chapter that we didn't mention about when we recorded the episode. Yes, because we wanted to have a nice time. Yeah, and... we just wanted to have a nice time. And that's not a nice time. Mm. I actually have a thought about why we okay. didn't touch on it. Because when you read the chapter, the way that the chapter is written, it's kind of just glossed over. It's like, ah, no big deal. It's not written in a way that makes it seem like it would be something distressing. Which in itself is distressing. Yes. I think, um, I think, I think that it does show how Frank's empathy for his female characters is extraordinarily limited and extraordinarily conditional Frank hasn't ever like had this sort of general threat of sexual violence just sort of around him in his life wherever he goes 
So it's not treated as something that would actually seriously yep. damage and shake you. And like genuinely scarring in this chapter it's just treated mm-hmm. as something that like jessica seems to be fine with it like the fact she's like ah yes of course i will use my wiles this is what i do and i'm fine with it and have no thoughts about it so that kind of mm-hmm. led to me not treating it in the way that i should have because it's just treated so casually hmm the whole the, the way that she almost takes advantage of it I just find that extraordinarily busted. Yeah, it is busted. And it shows the way that Frank has written it is busted. <laughs> I like how we're using busted as a sincere uh, descriptor. <laughs> it's busted. I can see people try to excuse it by saying that, oh, this is how Frank is showing that the society that they live in is fucked up. But I really don't think that's it. I think it's just Frank being like, I'm going to use this thing to show how bad and evil these people are. But not actually manage the reality of it mm. as something that actually happens to people. Yeah, I think these were two very like stock henchmen characters. They just sort of slam together all the henchmen things. Yeah, and it's part of all the, ah, we are evil. Yes, and we are space Eastern Europeans. <laughs> Yeah. Additionally, is another thing that we are. Yeah. So which it's is like, I mean, so so extremely fucked. racist. Thank you, Frank. Thank you, Frank. Frank, you next. Jessica is is a boss ass bitch, and deserves more respect from her author, Frank. Yeah, because this must have been genuinely very, very upsetting for her and for Paul. Yeah. No, we didn't even talk about the trauma of seeing your mother not only be sexually threatened but also kind of but have act to play out into a it sexual role in front of you Ech. it must have been Ech. really horrible and traumatizing yes yeah and like i think you know this whole thing of very distressed and distressing and not presented is as if it is distressed and distressing mm-hmm. and i know it is like the, clima- the climactic scene of like paul's father's death and like this is bad and bad things happen (laughs) but it's like it's presented as like sort of a badass fuck yeah moment rather than a seriously traumatizing and like gross moment Mm. like jessica is not presented as having any reservations or qualms about it yeah does it even does it even give her an inner monologue in that moment i don't know i'm not actually looking at the book uh i do have it sort of near me hold on uh let's see but yeah, sort of the way that Jessica responded to that, or that she was written to respond to that, reminded me of like Game of Thrones, which I haven't seen, but I have heard a lot of yeah. things about. Oh, shit. In that, like, like, by the end of the series, the women were all supposed to be like, ha, badass response. It's like totally uncool and undignified to be upset by the harrowing things that happen to you and you're supposed to be like badass and empowered all the time and it's like that ain't it chief and also she never talks about it again what in the book like she i mean we don't see a lot of what happens after between part one and part two of the book but like she's never shown as like being bothered by stuff like that and i imagine that it like you would be 
You really, really would be. But I guess like <sighs> the thing that women don't do in novels written by men is talk about their sexual trauma. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm looking at it now and it gives her sort of minimum internality. I mean, the, uh, the, 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 the thing that is actually prioritised is the operation of the voice. Which, like, yeah. Rather it than... It felt like a literary tool to in the text on the... to do exposition about the voice. Mm. Yikes. I mean, yeah, I... This is why I gave up on Game of Thrones as well. It's because uh, this isn't this is just dis- this, this is a distasteful. I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I might be a bit being a bit swerfy. I don't want to be swerfy, obviously. Um, is that it? It sort of felt like it was veering onto pornography, and like the sex or sex violence was inevitable. I mean, it was presented that way. Yeah, and and like. I don't know, I think maybe it was trying... I don't know how far the creators thought about this, because I think it's kind of necessary... If you're making media about war, which Game of Thrones is, kind of, then you do need to be real, or you can choose to be real about um, sexual violence as a weapon of war against women. Mostly women, not always women. Yeah, I'm trying to f- remember what they were. I think maybe this is probably too heavy for the pod. But, uh... No, exactly. And the, uh, the problem with this and Game of Thrones is that it it's extraordinarily re- reluctant to go into women's internality. They just want to show it because of the potential of, for it to be titillating. They don't actually want to get psychological or empath- empathetic about it. Okay, Buzz, uh, that's all from us. Um, yeah, that's all I could find. Back to your regular past recording of Duniversity from further in the past than I am right now. Goodbye. Uh, mention of worms. Worms. Uh, and the Bene Gesserit. They actually mentioned the Bene Gesserit and the worms together, which I find yes. quite good. Where, the where is that? Which, the deaf one said, they have powers. Um... She'll be worm meat soon enough. Don't suppose even a Bene Gesserit witch has power over one of them big worms, eh, Chigo? It's interesting how, like, everybody knows about the Bene Gesserit power. Like, not just the people that they've chosen, like, everybody. That is very interesting. Although, presumably they've been briefed on it, right? Because they're the guards of the Harkonnens, so they would be told. But I don't know, I mean, it's... Uh, you can sort of, I guess you could presume that just because they know about the Bene Gesserit and who they are, they don't know about the Bene Gesserit secret mission. Yeah. Of... No, I don't think anybody knows about the Bene Gesserit secrets. Yeah. So that's very interesting. So that's, um, that's good. Um, I feel like I should probably say something about Paul here, but he's not, he plays his part very well. But he doesn't really do anything else interesting. I, I mean, think. it's interesting that he hasn't. He the the voice. Jessica's not not sure that he's gonna gonna be good enough at the voice in yeah. order to do what he needs to do. Yeah, but he um, does it almost well, almost perfectly. So it's like it's like nearly inside, nearly squarely inside the frequencies um, that mm. it takes you to sort of make somebody mindlessly obey you. Um, yeah. And she realises too that he's come into his mentatness. Yes. Which mm. is great. 
I mean, I, I like the sort of the fact that they they do it as like in a combination of magic plus mean comments, um, <laughs> and that's how they escape. Yeah, uh, I love it. And they have to they have to they they sort of escape. There's a there's a possibility of there being a bomb, and then yeah. and uh, then they realize it's a bundle that is important for reasons. An important and then, bundle. And then run, Paul. It's the Harkonnens. No, it didn't say it's the Harkonnens. It says it says it's Harkonnens. Oh yeah, it's Harkonnens. I guess. I. But anyway. Yes. Good. Chapter. Can I read the um chapter quote? Yes, good chapter. You're right. Can I read the chapter quote for the next one? Yes, please do. Arrakis teaches the attitude of the knife, chopping off what's incomplete and saying, now it's complete because it's ended here. Which I think is pretty metal and pretty cool. And I think it feels kind of meaningful to me outside of the context of the rest of the book in terms of like, like, um, things being good enough and functional being complete. I I like it because it it feels like it says something about things not needing to be perfect and instead things needing to function or be trimmed down in order to work. But I don't think it's meant to mean that in the context of the book. What do you think it means? I haven't even really think thought of it in terms of the content of the chapter mm-hmm. or the book as a whole. I just yeah. was like... Damn, that's a cool sentence. It is cool, isn't it? The Arakeen people are pretty damn. They're pretty cool. metal because they've had to face so much of the oppression and lived in harsh environments, and things are hard for them. And, and bad. now they're great, obviously. Yes, and now they're great because that's how oppression works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, uh, I in this chapter, what happens? Well, um, it's basically a sort of one shot scene about Yue still where we left him a couple of chapters ago standing in the wreckage and the carnage of the you know the the hallway where um Mapes shout out to Mapes R.I.P. Mapes shout out to my Mapes shout out to my Mapes um so Mapes is still there still dead alas um Duke still there still unconscious um Yue you know, still a murderer, uh, or near murderer. Uh, and he meets this Harkonnen guard, who is a Sardaukar person, um, and uh, it's all it's all very scary. Uh, and then they like do exposition about what they're going to do to the duke, um, and. UA is worried that he's going to be questioned and that he's going to be forced to reveal his triple crossness. Um, what else happens? Not a huge amount. They talk about the dosage of um, uh, the sedatives for Jessica and Paul. Der, de der, de der. Yeah, nothing. Nothing actually happens in this chapter, but it's, it's an, an interesting. Machine. Yeah, it's an interesting character study with Yue as well. Like what he's thinking about this whole process, and like how he's feeling right now, and how the guards are treating him is really telling about like how this 
political machine treats people who help it. So, I mean, yeah, we're pretty sure that uh, the uh, Harkonnen are fascists. Yeah. And also there's confirmation that they're working with the Emperor, which we know, but, like, it's here. Mm. And also, I mean, the kind of weird discrimination that UA faces as a, a member of this, the, the school of suck. Mm, the suck school. Suck school. Um... <laughs> I don't know. I think we're saying two Suk, C's right? It is Suk, yeah. Suk. I think so. So, but um, also. Uh, and I mean, sort of as like a subaltern, really, as kind of someone who has a, you know, he's a, a, a an individual, but he's not really a citizen in the, in, in the kind of the Harkonnen political world order. He's not really a person... <laughs> Maybe I'm taking this too far. Maybe I feel a bit more invested in UA than I probably should. No, I agree. I'm like really invested in UA. Like they, they immediately, they are like, okay, this person helped us, but he's like a traitor. So fuck him. Which is really even, interesting. Even though he's a traitor and traits for us. Yeah. Then like, but if he's a traitor, he's going to betray again. So like, fuck that. Even though you have all of the leverage against him and the reason why he's a traitor, they're like, yeah, but he's a traitor though. So like, obviously not someone worth keeping around or a person who makes decisions. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it's got another, it's got a killer end line. Um, soon I will know. Soon I will see the Baron and I will know. And the Baron, he will encounter a small tooth. Obviously, I'm wild for any time anyone mentions the tooth. Tooth. The, the tooth. tooth. Oh, my... Um, he will encounter my... the tooth and he will encounter the truth. Oh! <laughs> he will encounter his death. My my darling friend Wheels um, has a several podcasts, but one of them is called Very Random Encounters and it's an actual play show where they randomly roll characters and stories and it's very interesting. And currently okay. they're playing Fellowship and their most recent episode was simply titled The Tooth. And I was like, The Tooth! Give me the tooth! Wheels, the tooth! Remember the tooth! Wheels! Remember the tooth! Wheels, don't you even remember the tooth? <laughs> Wheels, come on. Remember the tooth. Remember um, the tooth, Wheels. Shout out, come shout on. out to Wheels. Come on, Wheels, remember the tooth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, what are we talking about? Um I th- I like the fact that this chapter is sort of an echo of previous chapter. Yeah. Previous UA chapter where UA gets a lot of internal monologue and also gets to talk mm. to somebody. Yeah. And we kind of figure out more machinations and workings out of the world. But, this time... but the, from this, the perspective of, oh, he was pretending to be loyal to the uh, Atreides before, and now he's pretending to be loyal to the Harkonnens. It actually does a really good job of of illustrating that triple cross. Yeah. And also, instead of talking to Leto, he's just talking to a cop this time. Yeah, a super cop. Just just super cop. And the way that the Sadakar is written is like so very truly and like identifiably a cop. Hmm. Like he's like 
He's got a gun, first of all. He's like, everything's under control here. Nothing to see here. Move along, please. Sadakar traffic cop. <laughs> I thought it was interesting that he was described as having a casual air of brutality around it, about him. Casual which... air of police brutality. Am I right? Ah, Ayo, right. uh, Ayo! Black people are dying. Anyway, oh, oh. Um, yeah, and also, you I sort of predicts how he'll be portrayed for the rest of history in a way that we've shown he's gonna, we've seen that he's gonna be portrayed for the rest of history as Ua the traitor, and he's like. A million oh, deaths is not up. enough for you, eh? No, a million deaths is not Obviously. enough for you, eh? Children, you have to know. Children, sing along with me. A million deaths is not enough for you, eh? And you sort of realises here, like, oh, this is who I am now. Like, I'm going to be known as UA the traitor and nothing else about me is going to be known. So I thought that was interesting. UA, UA the traitor. UA the traitor. What does the T stand for? The... um but you know like um only because i pretend to not be extremely online but uh i do read people's twitter feeds while not logged into Mm. twitter yeah the best way to consume twitter i'm sure i'm a a glutton for punishment unfortunately (laughs) um but you know um megan the stallion yes the the, with two e's the stallion you know you a the traitor yeah you a the traitor (laughs) I don't know any Megan the Stallion. Otherwise, I would make more jokes about it. Yes. But that's pretty good, I think. Thank good you. Good jokes, Josie. Well done. Goodjokes.com. Goodjokes.com. I wonder if I could get that domain name. I don't think I could. No, 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 no. That was probably, you know, got in the 1990s. I want to look and see what's there on the URL goodjokes.com. Please bear with me. Think about more stuff to say about this chapter if you have anything. Jokes.com. www.goodjokes.com. Hey, um, 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 I could buy it. I can buy this. I can buy this domain. How much money? Um, four ninety nine dollars. Four dollars ninety nine centers. Oh my god! Really? That's cheap. Yep. Let me That's actually. A, let me. Let me. Is learn it like? More. Is it a? Is it a year's worth of hosting? Well I done. think so. What I mean, it? our podcast could be found at goodjokes.com. Oh my god, Ray! That's, oh, that's okay. massive. I think it's. I think it's more than that, actually. Yeah, I think it's more than that. Go, Daddy. Oh, okay. Because it's okay. I understand now. Because it's being held. Um, I think I have to pay a lot to like get it. Yeah, I think I actually have to pay a lot more. You could have goodjokes.info. I wonder if they have goodjokes.co.uk. Got, you've got goodjokes.org.uk. That's pretty good. You've got worthyjokes.com. What is at goodjokes.com? Is it just held? Is it just empty? That's such a waste. Goodjokes.com. I know, it's just parked. That sucks. Wait, you could have goodjokes.info for two ninety nine. That's not as funny. Are you sure? If I got, if I could get, if I could get 
goodjokes.podcast. I think that would be pretty good. <laughs> goodjokes.biz, seven ninety nine. <laughs> goodjokes.biz is funny. It's not bad. <laughs> That's pretty funny. But anyway. Goodjokes.biz. Okay. Anyway, what are we doing? What are we doing? Um... No, I really like, I think it is good that we get to see the internality of UA um, and his anxiety and his um, f- fear and his sort of like Madeline-like associations with um, uh, the spice paper uh, that he's written his notes on. Um, uh, I it's not a huge amount to say though it's not a dense chapter it's fairly undense as chapters go do you have a worm of the week? um they call me Dr. Worm not really do you have a worm of the week? um my worm of the week is spaghetti um (laughs) We usually buy linguine, um, but recently I was like, I really feel like eating spaghetti. So I bought some spaghetti, and I really like spaghetti. Fucking um, yes. There's something about the texture of spaghetti and the way that it interacts with sauce that is incredibly satisfying to eat. And I don't really know what it what it is, especially opposed to like the fatter long pastas. But I really do enjoy a spaghetti. I really like spaghetti. I had um my Twitter username currently is I'm the pretty pit no, my Twitter um not handle but like display name is um the pretty pit the pretty prince of pastas, aka Fat Fusili. Um a long time ago, once upon a time, it was Daddy Pasta. Um Wow <laughs> And no, it was Daddy Pasta on my private account and it was Father Lasagna on my um Father Lasagna. <laughs> Father Lasagna. Um and I have I have lots of pasta shapes discourse in me, so if you want to talk about pasta shapes at university on Twitter dot com. Um or um, no, don't at university I at frizzoid on Twitter dot com. Um that pure uncut pasta discourse. That pure uncut frizz content. Um but yeah, that's my worm of the week. It's spaghetti. Pasta shapes, yes? Sorry, I was talking about pasta shapes with my Italian friend. Ooh. Um, and I was mentioning how much I loved bucatini, mm-hmm. which is the longer pasta with the hole in the middle. Yes, the tubey. The tubey. I the like the tube. pasta shapes, though. I like the pasta shapes. Um, He did not tell me his favourite pasta shape. Aww. I was very offended. It will have to wait. Until we reach that level of friendship, um, but um, apparently the only sauce that you are allowed to eat with bucatine, he was very offended when I told him I put cheese sauce on it. Um, apparently, you're only allowed to have bucatini alla matriciana.
Oh. What is up? Yikes. Oops. What is up? Yeah, yeah, yikes. Okay, I think Audacity is alright. I think it's still recording. Phew. Which is good. Yes. Um, where, what were we just saying? Uh, when was the week? When was the week? I finished my uh, rant about Bucatini Alla Matriciana. So, I said, please ask your friend what their favourite type of pasta is. I will. Um, um, what else were you saying? We, we were at Waitrose, and he was buying a, 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 a two-for-one deal on tortellini, and he asked me if I wanted one, and I said yes. That's very kind of him. So he bought me some pasta. Thank you. you. Thank you, Andrea, for my pasta. Thank you, Andrea, for your pasta. Um, That's very good. I'm super glad. Isn't that good? That's really good. I love having a friend. (laughs) One friend. It's good to have friends, I think. It's good to have one friend. Yes. Um, Yes. That's great. (laughs) What's your favorite? Oh, you you said your favorite shape of pasta. Yes. But say it again. Bucatini. Bucatini. Ah, si, Bucatini. Bucatini. Um, in Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, um, in part five, there is, it's set in Italy, and the, the, the creator is, like, obviously a Japanese man, because it's an anime and a manga, um, but, as well as liking Western music very much and arbitrarily naming things after bands, um, all, of the, all of the side characters, yes, it's very good. All of the side characters in um, uh, Ventorio, which is the fifth um, part, um, they're just named after food in Italian. So, like, there's a side character called Pesci, and a side character called Chocolato, and a side character called Risotto. (laughs) Oh, great. Everything is incredibly good. That's fabulous. I love it. It's really good. I love to see it. We love to see it. Um, Yes. Do you have you thought of Worm of the Week? I have. I, I did my great thing that I do sometimes of Googling the word worm and seeing what comes up, and we've got some crackers. Oh, uh, we've got some big ones, have we? Uh, in a, a in a um uh, a subsection of a subsegment of Worm of the Week called Worm News. Worm News. Here's tonight's top stories. Here are the top stories in Worm News. Worm News. Uh, and I'm just going to read them to you, and we're all going to have a jolly good laugh. I love it. Uh, this rock-eating worm could change the course of rivers. These two newly described worms have really strange yet marvelous butts. Wow. From Smithsonian Magazine. Women's relaxing bath interrupted by slow worm. Something about stomach worms that I'm not going to... Uh, Thank you. Nope. Thanks. This Scottish worm has eyes on its butt. From Vice Magazine. Ooh. And then from Live Science Magazine. Meet the Scottish sea worm with eyes on its butt. <laughs> Lots of things about worms and butts. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Scientists discover rock-eating worm that excretes sand. Not gone for the uh, most exciting news about its butt, clearly, on this one. Worm with eyes in head and bottom found off Shetland. So that's great. And then the other things about people having uh, worm situations inside themselves. Mm, No, thank you. So I'm not going to go there. Uh, Additionally... My uh, my housemate Neve, 
uh, shout out to my husband, Eve, uh, found a, well, they've just got an allotment, uh, which is cool. So they're going to be growing things. Great. Good stuff. Um, and, uh, Neve, uh, lifted a rock and found a slow worm and showed me a video of it. (laughs) Uh, Did you not like it? No, I didn't. No? Okay. And she said, oh, when I found it, I was very scared. And I said in a very serious voice, oh, of course you were. Because it is a scary thing. This is a scary thing to find. So that was bad. But there you go. There we go. Slow worm. I'm trying to, um, I'm trying to log into our Twitter account on my, on my PC. Not my PC, on my laptop. And, um, it's a June word and I can't log in because I can't spell it. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Whoops. I'm just going to use my phone. Um, so we are bringing uh, back the... Where it's already <laughs> in there for you. Bringing back the well-missed segment. The much-missed segment. Shout out to my mapes. That segment that we're doing. Have you, have you, have you mixed a theme tune for shout out to my no, mapes? No, I was thinking maybe we'd just sing it. Hmm. Uh, what I think would be really funny is that it has all of the words shout out to my and then just one of you or me saying mapes. mapes. Um, so I have some questions on Twitter because I asked for them. And I also have some <gasps> Dang, seeds really? back on Twitter. Um, oh no. Just in general. No, not bad feedback. Just like things people have said to us. Um, so Dr. <laughs> Tim... <laughs> Which is, that's how the display name is spelled. But henceforth, I'm going to call him Dr. Tim. Um, Okay. Dr. Tim says, are you hiring the university specifically? What do you answer to that? Um, We do have, we are currently interviewing for uh, adjunct and tenure positions. Should you be appropriately qualified? Of course. And we are also taking student positions, if anybody would like to send us an application, via our email address, which is university at gmail.com. University at university.university. <laughs> yep. It's university at good joke stop my, my, my mouth got confused, so that joke didn't really work. I was I, I did happen to read a, a personal essay about how the... Um, American uh, academic hiring process is extremely terrible. Yeah. Um, so uh, come work for us, where we don't force you to do five interviews. Come work for us instead. Yeah, we pay no money, and all you have to do is send us one email. Yes, there is no interview process. <laughs> You're already hired, Doctor Tim. You sound like you have a PhD. Yes, I think Doctor Tim does have a PhD. Doctor. Oh no, Tim, what are you Dr. doing? Dr. Tim has a PhD in biochemistry and DNA repair. Um, no, it's researching DNA repair. So, Tim, can you, Dr. Tim, could you uh, repair my DNA, please? <laughs> Something's gone terribly wrong. Something's gone wrong, Dr. Tim. I have depression. <laughs> I think that's in the DNA. Could you, uh, if you're going to do some gene editing, could you take out the depression gene? Please, Dr. Tim. Could you make me super smart <laughs> and six feet tall? Please, Dr. Tim. Now, Dr. Tim. Um, Dr. Tim has another question, which is, what is your favourite sand? Uh, the sand that runs through the hourglass of time. Of your life. Mm. Of my yeah, life. And when it runs out, you die? 
Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite sound is. Um, my favourite sound is a sound that is personally endeared to me. There's a podcast called Everything is Alive and um, they get actors to play objects just like just like non-sentient objects. So there's an actor who plays a grain of sand called Chioki. Um, and Chioki, the grain of sand, eventually becomes a pane of glass. And I'm very proud of them. Oh my gosh, so beautiful. My real answer is um, the pink sand that you get in aquariums. Cool, nice. Good job. Um, Dr. Tim is a very nice person, I believe. I, um, uh, he makes paper. Um, he knows Al. He referred to us as one of his favourite podcasts, which I'm going to put reverb on. Put some reverb on there. So, testimonials, everybody. We're Dr. Tim's... A doctor likes us. We're one us. of Dr. Tim's favourite podcasts. It's really important. Five stars, says Dr. Tim. <laughs> A plus, says, a Dr. Plus Tim. says Dr. Tim. Thank you, Thank Dr. You, Dr. Tim. Thank you, Dr. Tim. All I want is the approval of academics. Dr. Tim gives you a first class degree. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Tim. In good podcast. In podcast. Um, Dr. Tim also said that um, if we wanted, he would make us a Dune quiz. And I was like, yes, please. And we'll do it on the pod. <laughs> but I didn't know if that was something that you would like. So is it something yeah, man, go like? for it. Love yeah, quiz. man, give us a Dune quiz. We love it. I don't know anything about Dune. <laughs> I have not read past what I read this afternoon in order to do this podcast. <laughs> Let's do a Dune quiz. It'll be great. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Claire, who is very nice. I like Claire. Says, personas of all the characters? Question mark. Personas. Fursoners. Fursoners. So Paul is a Jaboa, obviously. Yes. Because that's the name that he chooses. Mm. Um, Mwadib means Jaboa. Yep. Um, Leto is an eagle, obviously. Obvo. Yeah. Half eagle, half bull, question mark? No, I think the old duke is a... No, I think I would say that that is the old duke, but not the current duke. Okay. Yeah. uh, I, I feel like Jessica is maybe a sphinx cat. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, Thank you. Sphinx cats can jump very high. They can do so big can jumps. So can Jessica. Eight foot vertical leap. <laughs> of course Jessica's a top. See how high she jumps? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> um, there's, uh, there's a bit in Yarrow Yarrow Boys where they're talking about Caesar from Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. And they Ooh. say, of course Caesar's a top. Look how high he jumps. Okay. So, this is an intertextual podcast. This is an intertextual Our podcast. Our sister podcast. This is a Yari post-modern, Yari yes. <laughs> Our sister podcast from our sister network, Yarrow Yarrow Boys. Anyway, of course, Jessica's a talk. Look how hard she jumps. Who else? Um, Peter and Baron and Gurney and um, Duncan. And then we can yeah. stop. Let's do those. Yeah. Okay. So, Peter. What do you think Peter is? I feel like I Peter is Peter... a little evil I think grub. Peter is either a borzoi. Or like a no. fancy shiny horse. Borzois are beautiful and pure. Have you seen that picture of the, the that Twitter account, Japanese Twitter account of um a borzoi who plays with a baby kitten? <laughs> yeah, they are lovely. It's They're lovely slender so puppies. Much. I do love them. Okay, it's so much. Ah, uh, you can't. But like, what do you think Peter thinks he is? Because that's what a persona is, really. Peter thinks he is 
Uh, Peter thinks he is like a fucking panther or something, where he's like super not. Yeah, like a like a um like one of those special albino lions. Yeah, I think so. Like a really, you think? Like I've, I, I think he has one of those personas that, like, you know, he's a shitty person because of it. Yes. When anybody okay. says they're an albino anything, you're like, you. <laughs> yeah, you're like, okay, fucker. You think you're so special. Yeah, um, that's true. Yes. Baron? Baron thinks of himself as, like, strong and sexy and beautiful and gay. I think maybe the Baron and thinks he is. that he's a bull. Mm, or maybe, like, a bison. Powerful. Yes, a bison. Yeah, 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 yeah. But something smart as well. Evil so... bison. An evil bison. That's right. Perfect. He did it. <laughs> um, Gurney, a bear yeah. or a hog, like a wild bull. Oh my god! Yes, 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 yes. Like a wild bull with huge tusks. Yes. Or or a pit bull. And Dunks is like a sort of more refined kind of dog, like a pointer. Yeah, or like I think Dunks is a cat because he's described as cat-like as well, but okay. not like. I don't know what kind of cat, though. Mm, it's sort of like an athletic, I don't know, like a mm. black cat. Yeah. That jumps on fences. Yes, you're right. Okay. You're right once again. Do I have the uncanny ability to know what people's personas are? Hmm. Perhaps. Another one of my gifts, you might say. <laughs> Oppression, oppression gave you the gift to tell, to divine what people's personas should be. To look at someone and know what persona. I don't know if I'm all the way on Peter. Peter. Oh, Arctic fox. He thinks he's an Arctic fox. That's good. That's pretty good. With rabies. Peter thinks he's a maned wolf or something. Which is the the other special snowflake persona. Okay. Are the are maned wolves are they like small? They have ridiculously long legs. Yeah, that's like, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> it's like small and fast. Yeah. But also And they're one of the dickhead personas. Who else did we say? Was that everybody? Juice? 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 Oh, internet back on. Ray, are you here? Are you with me? Ray, become alive. Yeah, Wi-Fi bad. Thank you. What do you think um, Liet Kynes' persona is? Something from the desert. Yeah. Obviously. Let me Google desert animals. Desert animals. I feel like there's a lot of unminded capacity for desert animal personas, because they all have like the big ears and the long legs. Yeah. To be fair, everybody has a fennec fox face. Every furry has a fennec fox face. <laughs> Let's Maybe see. he's like a, 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 a mountain goat. Desert goat. Ah, mountain goat. Desert, a goat from the desert. Yeah, something like that. Let's move um, on. Yeah. Did we ever answer the question of what kind of band Paul would be in if he was in a band? Mm, like sort of sadcore. Yeah. 
sad core, pretentious, like thinks like, like the trip Smiths. Hot, thinks it's really deep. It's yeah. like sort of a trip hop version of Morrissey. Yeah, something like that. Um, um, this is from this comes from AJ, um, who was very nice and good and my friend. Thank you for being nice and good and Ray's friend, AJ. Thank you. Thank you, AJ. AJ also asks, what Pokemon do you think Paul uses? And I don't really know anything about Pokemon, so I would like fans to submit answers to this question. Who do you know about Pokemon? Yes, please. Thank you. I am please. also not thank that you. species of nerd, so I don't yeah, know. Sorry. We don't know. Um, sorry. Sorry. We don't. Sorry. People tweeted us things about worms. Uh, oh, uh, Dr. Tim tells us that um, in Heretics of Dune, they do use the voice of insects, so I'm looking forward to that. Oh no, for bad reasons? I don't know. I think probably for good reasons, but it's a bad sex scene because Frank Herbert can't write sex scenes. Like most I I have not yet got to... Now for me, currently at the moment, Mm -hmm. my concept of Dune, the novel, the book, until Mm -hmm. today, did not include the notion of sex. There are no sex scenes in Dune, the book, but there is... Uh, hinted at orgy. Whoa, 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 what? <laughs> um, in the siege. Um, it's actually a big dog whistle that we should talk about when it happens, but there is one. Oh my god. Um, also the original treat from Dr. Tim was, I had a dream that I made a quiz for university, which was, did this happen in later sequels or in fan fiction? Which is, <laughs> I deal please do this yes. for us dr tim <laughs> yes dr tim yes dr tim yes dr tim thank you dr tim they call him dr tim good morning good how morning. are you i'm dr, dr. Tim. tim i like uh i'm interested Did in june quiz sis <laughs> i'm interested in dna I am a real not... doctor, and I'm also a real Tim. I am an actual Tim. I love, I love how pleased you are with this. I live like a Tim. <laughs> Do you think Doctor Tim is uh, maybe a bit freaked out by how much we've mentioned his name at this point? <laughs> no, I think it's fine. Uh, are you sure? It's fine. Um, anyway, Doctor Tim seems like a nice person. Thanks for liking okay, our cool. podcast. Are you the spice or the worm? Mm, I think I feel worm today. Mm, then I think I'm the spice. If only because... You had uh, things containing spices today. Yes, I had. I don't know if I did, actually. But Nick had um, star anise coffee, so that's mm. a spice. Um, See, you were near someone who had a spice, and I was near someone who saw a worm. Wow, okay, that's our justification. We did it. And remember, okay. enjoy music. Okay, end of podcast. <laughs> what? Um, do you remember I told you about this? Um, my friend Riley, who won't listen to this podcast, um, has a podcast called 264 No Street, where they listen to and rate. Um, on a bracket all of the songs of Guitar Hero and their sign off is Enjoy Music which is a good sign off that's great that's the best one ever keep calm and spicy worm no and remember worm spicy worm worm spicy worm it's time to worm time to worm stay wormy everybody stay wormy keep it wiggly stay spicy wiggle on you worm brethren Oh, oh no, and remember, please don't feed the tube. <laughs>
places, worn out places, worn out faces. Riding early for the daily races, going nowhere, going nowhere. The tears are filling up their glasses, no expression, no expression. Have my head, I wanna try my sorrow, no tomorrow, no tomorrow.